0: We're going to cover this morning, Luke chapter 2, a very well-known passage, very familiar Christmas story. Luke chapter 2, I'm just going to read the first seven verses as a a jump in that says this, in those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was first taking place when Quirinius was governor of Syria. Cloth and laid him in a manger because there is no room for them in the end. Very briefly, this historical overview to say with pointed emphasis on a particular day in a particular city at a particular time under a particular leader locally, Quirinius, the governor of Syria, a man and a woman who was pregnant went to Bethlehem and she gave birth in a real stable and put a real baby in real clothes. It happened. It's interesting when, when you when you walk away from the simple gospel story, you end up in all types of trouble. For example, we're going to celebrate the resurrection in April. And people say at times, well the resurrection, historical resurrection of Christ uh, may not be that big a deal. What really counts is that you have experienced an encounter with God in your heart because you look to Jesus. And that's just balderdash. I mean, Jesus really rose from a real tomb after he'd really died on the cross as our sin bearer, and he really was seen by the apostles and 500 men, most of whom with two eyes. That's a thousand eyes were put on him. And he really rose into heaven from a particular geographical spot in Judea, and he lives. It really happened. Uh, it, it really happened. For example, in the, the, one of the men, theologian called the modern day father, of, or the, moder, the father of modern day theology, liberal theology, a man named Schleimacher said this, That's, Paul said that, it was good. Schleimacher said that the conception of man as a subject of God consciousness which comes to completion describes Christ. God consciousness, he rejected the gospel. So we saw, "Well, Jesus represents a God consciousness or a guy named Paul Tillich who came in the last century said that Christ was the manifestation of the new being, the actualization of which is the work of the divine spirit. He's the new being, the actualized man, the ground of all being, he would say in another work. And it, these are brilliant men, but they walked away from the gospel. And I think that those statements that to me are murky at best. Compared to the crystal clear, profound statement that has handles in John 1, for example. Let me just read a few verses in John. Listen to this. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made In him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Verse 14, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory as of the one and only Son from the Father, full of grace and full of truth. So in this profound message with handles, you can grab it. In the beginning was the eternal Christ. He's eternally with God. And and, and this eternal God became flesh, and He lived among us. And not only was He the eternal God, He's the eternal creator God. All things were made through Him. And without Him was nothing made that has been made. And this eternal God, who is the creator God who became flesh, shows us the grace and the glory and the goodness of God. See, it's a profound message with handles on it. You you can grab it. It's profound, but it's glorious. It's profound. Grab it. it. It really happened. There really was a birth of a real woman in a real stable on a particular day in a city called Bethlehem. It's not a help, a helpful myth to give us hope. It's not an epic story that we can think about. It is glorious history. For example, uh, reading this week was uh, somewhat amazed and anyway, in Pennsylvania, a fifth-grade boy at recess, a friend shot him with an imaginary gun. You know. And he shot him back with an imaginary bow and arrow. Well, the school officials saw him, and he was dismissed from school because they have a zero tolerance for anything that smacks of weaponry. Amazing. And they hired an attorney. The parents said said this is ludicrous. And the attorney said this, which I thought was very humorous. It's good to see that some lawyers have a sense of humor. Not many, but some. And this is what she said. She said, if we're going to punish this poor kid for pretending to shoot a bow and an arrow, let's ticket his parents for parking their unicorn in a fire zone. (laughs) And so I I, I look at I look at I look at this story and I say, you know, this, this this really happened. It's not a helpful myth. There really was a birth in a real place under a administrative leadership. It gives all these details. And so, just that as a backdrop, and we jump into the text, I'm going to cover this very briefly, just walk through Luke chapter 2, verse 8, and following, Uh, by the way, when I I grew up in a small town in North Carolina, and every Christmas, the whole elementary school, grades 1 through 8, stood, and we recited in mass Luke 2, 1 through 20, public school, things have changed. I remember well because in the fifth grade, I did this three years running. (laughs) It's a great time in my life. Anyway, so starting in verse 8. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord appeared And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Well, shepherds in the field, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were feared, filled with fear. The King James Version says they were sore afraid, whatever that means. It means they were really filled with fear. And I was just thinking about this, and you know, Hebrews 13 says that sometimes we entertain angels unaware. You help someone out, you help someone that's hurting, and, and that may be an angel. It's pretty amazing. I mean, Jesus says in Matthew 25, when you do it, to the least of these my brothers, you do it to me. There's an existential link when you help people that are hurting, in some way you're touching the reality of Christ. So, so, so sometimes angels unaware. This was not an unaware experience. You're a shepherd, it's night, it's the middle of the night, and boom, boom. An angel, the glory of the Lord. And it says, they were filled with fear. The greatest understatement in the Bible. Saying they were filled with fear is like interviewing somebody that just hiked the top of Mount Everest. Said, how was it? It was cold and windy. (laughs) That's the best you could. They were filled with fear. Wow. And then the angel said, fear not. For I bring you good news of great joy for all people. And me just stop there. And I ask myself, you know, why shepherds? Why shepherds? When shepherds were the lowest rung on the socioeconomic ladder. Shepherds in the day of the Lord could not testify in a court of law. Shepherds uh, had a tendency to confuse thine with mine. They were disreputable, they were day laborers, they were kind of. They, just, they were the lowest rung on the socioeconomic ladder. And God chose to announce this good news in part to shepherds because He's saying it is good news of great joy for all the people. Even you shepherds. Even you guys on the lowest rung of the perceived pecking order in Judea. I've always thought to myself, what, what were they doing? What were these shepherds doing when, boom, angels of the Lord? They were not memorizing verses. They were shepherds. They may have been uh, smoking medicinal hashish grown in Judea. They may have been gambling. They may have been sleeping on the job. They may have been telling dirty jokes, but they were shepherds. They weren't choir boys. Boom, angel of the Lord. Fear not. Fear not because I announce the birth of the Savior, and you can meet the living God in Christ fear not I announce the birth of a savior who is Christ the Lord a savior his name shall be called Jesus Matthew 1 says because he will save his people from their sin he is the Christ which means the anointed one the long expected one in him all the promises of the Old Testament find their fruition 2 Corinthians 1 says that all the promises of God find their fulfillment in Jesus. He is the long anointed one, the long awaited one. Behold, he's here. He is not only the Savior, he's the anointed one and he is the Lord, which means he's eternal king. He's eternal God. He is the Savior who's the anointed one who's eternal God. Behold, the greatness of Christ. Wow. Shepherds. See, God came to shepherds Because they needed a savior. See, we're all shepherds. We're all shepherds. In Matthew 11, is this incredible statement by Jesus that I think is an invitation to come to Him if you've never trusted in Him as your sin-bearing Savior. And so I, I, I have a sin problem. I, I, I don't do what I need to do, and I, I can't stand before God. This is the the first invitation or the invitation for fellowship with him if you've been a believer for 50 years. Jesus says this, Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Wow. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble of heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. See, the only people that come to Christ as the Savior are weary and heavy laden. Self-sufficient people do not come. Broken people come. Only broken people walk with Christ. Self-sufficient do not. It's the invitation to the gospel. That there, you know, one of the benefits about getting older is that you learn a few things. Two things you learn as you get older is, number one, you're not in control. The second thing is life has limits. See, it's really be- good to be 35 instead of 26 because you learn these things. It's good to be 44 instead of, you know, 37. It's good to be 58 instead of 49 because you learn these things. Really, come to me, all you're weary and heavy laden. Are you understanding that you are a shepherd, In need of a savior? We could translate Romans 3:23 for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. For all have become shepherds and fall short of the glory of God. I'm a shepherd. Man, I'm a shepherd. I met this week with some wonderful young men, college students. They really are bright, going forward, good-looking, kind of, sort of, good-looking, you know, just really good guys. And they want to serve Christ. And I thought, thanks be to God. They understand their shepherds, even at a young age. They get it. But the older you get, the more you get it, time after time after time. Thinking about the seven deadly sins defined by people in the Middle Ages, and they said they, these were deadly sins because all sins come from these seven, one of these seven, anger, greed, sloth, pride, lust, envy, gluttony. I thought you just described me. Read about a man who spoke to some businessmen about Christ, and he pulled a man aside who was a very successful businessman, and he said to him, You know, I hear what you're saying, but I don't really need this stuff you're trying to tell us about. I don't need this Jesus stuff. And the guy said, Well, oh, okay, why? He says, I, I'm, doing fine. I don't, I'm doing fine. I'm doing fine. I'm good. See, the guy didn't understand. He was a shepherd. And so this man said to this successful business guy, he said, well, let me ask you a question. According to the ethics of Jesus, let me ask some questions. Do, do you ever look at somebody and say, you're an idiot, you're a fool, you're a blockhead, you're a loser? He said, oh, yeah. He said, Jesus says you're a murderer. He says, you ever look at a woman who's not your wife and think, well, I'd like to take her to bed? He said, sure I do, I'm a man. He says, Jesus says you're an adulterer. Do you ever round your expense form up? Maybe 10, 15, maybe 100 bucks? He said, well, yeah. The Bible says you're a thief. Did you ever look at something that you don't have that somebody else has and you want it and you really are sorry they have and you don't have it? He said, oh, yeah. That's called coveting. He said, bare minimum, we've established right now you are a murderer, an adulterer, a liar, and a coveter. Any other questions? See, what I'm saying is we're shepherds. His name shall be called Jesus. He shall save his people from their sin. He's a savior. He's the anticipated longed one and from the Old Testament patriarchs. He's the anointed one, and he is the king and creator God. He's Lord. And then here's the message. So the shepherds are sitting there, and they're saying, this is good news. This is incredible. And then it says this, and suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host. Praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. So it we went from one angel to multitudes of angels. One to multitudes. Wow. And I thought, there's no answer to this, but I, I thought, why not multitudes at the beginning? Well, if you're terrified at one, if you had a multitude, you just dropped dead. So they had to, had to, they had to you know, gently get into this thing, you know. But here's the message. When you understand he is the Savior, he is the Christ, he is the Lord, this is what you sing. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace on men on whom his favor rests. As I I look at this, I just thought, you know, God gets the glory, we get the peace. God, God is ascribed as the great, glorious one, we get the joy. You see, when Christ is enthroned, and we go hard after him, we get peace. God is worship, know the gods before me, seek first the kingdom of God, pray, Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God gets the glory, I get the peace. God gets the praise, I get the joy. God, gloriously centered on the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, peace on earth. Let me show you some verses real quick. You have peace with God. Romans 5 verse 1 says, Since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We have peace with God. There's only peace found in Christ, in the reality of the gospel. That's why people go to the ends of the earth. We have peace with God. We have peace in our... Thinking in our daily life. Philippians 4 says, verse 6 says, Don't be overly concerned about things, but in everything by prayer and petition submit your request to God and the peace of God which surpasses understanding. Yeah, when you walk through tough things and it's hard, but you're able to do it, and people say, How do you do it? The peace of God passes understanding. God gets the glory, I get the peace. God gets the worship, I get the joy. Peace with other people. For he himself is our peace and he's made both one and he's broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility. But the Jews and the Gentiles are one in Christ. But you know, think about that and you just think about relationally. Relationally, he brings people together. If you're, you know, The most important thing I can do is to worship Jesus. He gets the glory, I get the peace. Husband and wife worshiping together, he gets the glory, we get the peace. I I was at a wedding last last Sunday, sitting beside my wife. I didn't do it, so I was just there, just there, enjoy it. Wonderful couple, they pledged their undying love to each other, and they were coming up the aisle, you know. And I leaned over to my wife and I says, this is scary stuff. Scary. And she says, quit raining on my parade, I'm enjoying this. I said, no. She says, then we got in the car. I said, what do you mean? I said, just think about it. Here's one guy and one woman, one normal dude who knows Christ and one lady who knows the Lord, and they just made a commitment to love each other for the next 50, 60, 70 years. Come hell or high water. That is scary. And she goes, oh, yeah, you're right. You know? But you know, when God gets the glory, you get the peace. God gets the praise, you get the joy. God gets adored. You get the cohesiveness. I was reading Amos this week, one of the minor prophets, and just, Amos is God's going to judge. God's going to have to take care of these people because they've been disobedient. They, they, they've become, he calls them fat cows of bashan Who sit around and say, bring us drinks, and they disregard the poor. And just, man, Amos is thundering. Then he closes his book with this. Just two verses, behold the days are coming, declares the Lord, and when when the ploughman shall overtake the reaper, and the treader of grapes him who sows the seed, the mountains shall drip sweet wine, and the hills shall flow with it, and I will restore the fortunes of my people Israel, and they shall rebuild the ruined cities and inhabit them, and they shall plant vineyards and drink their wine, and they shall make gardens and eat their fruit, and I know that's talking about the coming kingdom and glory of heaven. I know that, but I I do believe that in the messianic rule of Jesus in our lives, Time after time, the men and women of God have said, that has been inaugurated and is being partially fulfilled right now in us. I want that. I want the blessing of God in my life. I want the power of the Holy Spirit in my life. And here's how it happens. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill to men. God gets the glory, we get the peace. God gets the worship, we get the joy. God receives our praise, we receive his empowerment. I, I think that's the way it works. Good news. Great joy for all people. And I was thinking about this text, and I, if you're an Alabama fan, I, I don't want to hurt you, but I was, I was reading this, and I was thinking about it, and I, I took a study break in, from... Pouring over the Greek and stuff, and I went to ESPN. (laughs) (laughs) Saw this picture. Now, this is if you if you have been um, if you've been in Calcutta and you don't get the news, this is what happened a couple weeks ago. One second to go, Alabama tries a field goal. They're scored. There's a two point difference, I think. Anyway, and. The field goes short, and this guy standing at the end of the end zone. I mean, if he'd done that, he'd have stepped out of bounds, 109 yards, and he runs it back for a touchdown with no time on the clock. Is. You can't make a movie like this. Really, you can't. You're going, to, come on. Really? It happened? And here's Auburn guy. Now, If you're an Auburn fan, I'm not comparing Auburn fans to Shepherds. <laughs> I'm not saying they're the lowest rung of the socioeconomic order. <laughs> but if the shoe fits, wear it, Okay. I anyway, mean, the thing that grabbed my attention, look at, this, look at this guy with his hands on his head. Now, I get a better. I, can, can, he, <laughs> I mean, he, see, he sees this guy is just, he's going to make a score touchdown. There's no time. He said, This is really happening. Don't wake me up. And I thought, really, I thought, shepherds. Shepherds. You you guys, this is good news of great joy for all people, including you guys. Good news. Great joy. Even for shepherds. A Savior, Christ the Lord. Glory to God in the highest. And peace dumps on you. Really? Really? And so, what's interesting to me is the response is they went out and published abroad what they'd been told, what they'd seen. They went out and told people. And I just step back and I say, you know, that's the way we should live. Uh, the response, just speak the name of Christ. We're going to be with coworkers. We showed you this diagram occasionally and family, neighbors, coworkers, friends, many of whom give us the stiff arm when it comes to the things of of Christ, or maybe they never heard it, and you go, man, it's just a phone call, email, just say, you know, it's Christmas. I was in church the other day. I just remember the angel's message was, a Savior who saves us from our sin, Christ, long expected, anointed one, Lord, eternal God. That's who Jesus is. Anticipated, longed for, Savior who is God. I've got a group of young men I meet with, great young men. The other day we were going through some theology and one of the guys in the group said this. I think he meant it as a compliment. I'm not sure. He says, when I'm around you I've really gotten freed up to say to people I don't know. I thought, oh, thank you. You know. Because I don't, I mean, he's right. I don't know. There's a lot of things I just don't know. So if explain this, explain this pattern. Well, that's what I think, but I, really it's kind of murky. I don't. You know, a lot of times we're afraid to say things to people because they're, they're, they're going to ask us that silver bullet question, you know. So I don't know, but I, I do know this. The angel said, Good news of great joy for all people. The angel said, a Savior, Christ, the Lord, saves us from our sin, the long-anticipated one, the the, the, the Lamb of Yom Kippur, the eternal God. It's good news of great joy for all people. Glory to God in the highest, peace on men. Good news. I pray that if you haven't... Made that the central focus of your life if you never trusted in Christ and stepped over that line I pray this Christmas will be the time you do that let's pray Lord for this day we are so thankful in this uh, Christmas season and we just step back and we stop in the midst of our pursuits which are many and we say this is Good news of great joy for all people because a Savior was born who is the Christ, the Lord. The sin bearing Lamb of God was born who is the long anticipated one, the anointed one, the Lord, eternal King. I just pray that message would get out in our lives, in our circles of friendship. I pray that we would give and care financially, so that people can go out and be equipped and trained to train others to take the gospel to villages and major teeming cities with millions of people all over this globe. Thank you for letting us be a part of a world enterprise to change lives. Glory to you in the highest. God, visit us with your power in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Have a good day.